to be strong and to step out to do your bidding. Cause them to understand the magnitude of your reliance and dependence on them. Cause them to understand that the time has come that they cannot hold back no more. Shine forth to the nations, king of kings. Let the dead be raised from their graves, Lord of lords. Let the nations bow at your feet, mighty king. Let the church militant do the exploits they have been called to do. Cause the church triumphant to smile as it looks at the brethren laboring in the places you have called us to function. I give you the praise, mighty God. Today the shackles of limitations are broken. Today the fear is dispelled from the hearts of your people. Today the red dead shall hear the voice of the Lord and shall come to life. Today hope shall be kindled again in human existence. Today the devil shall be put to shame. Today the enemy shall surrender in total defeat. Because you the captain, you are standing mighty in might and strong in battle. Thank you for who you are. And thank you for who you've made us to be. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Please be seated, people of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The theme for the sermon is committed to wholeness. Committed to wholeness. The whole church as a people of God must be committed to wholeness in the midst of a divided world. The world is railing. The world is in crisis. The world is in pain. The world is suffering. The world is being oppressed. The world and its structures are running fast out of options. For the coronavirus to take the greatest nation in the world by surprise. And the losses are increasingly coming by the day. It's a thing for everyone to think again. Whether it is deserving for the world to beat its chest and to pronounce what it calls itself. Will the church be sleeping forever? Will the church begin to borrow the ideas of the world and limit itself? Does it mean because the Ten Commandments are taken out of public schools, this church has lost its saltiness, has lost its light, lost its value, lost its power? I say this morning, Absolutely not. Absolutely not. The theme for our year is the whole church. Taking the whole gospel to the whole world. And the whole church we mean for us here is the entirety of the congregation of God's people. Those that are born again and those that are still considering to be born again. Or those that would never want to be born again. Eventually you've been caught up in this reality. You must play a part today. Hallelujah. You must play a part today. Now listen to me. Whatever you think about yourself, I throw it through the window. If you think little about yourself, you think you are a nobody, you think you know nothing, you think you have nothing to offer, you have no money, you have no brains, you have no spirituality, listen to me. All of that in the trash can. Hallelujah. All of that this morning 
is not a part of your life anymore. And that you must believe me. If you doubt yourself, believe me. Hallelujah. Scholars have argued people like Linda Gotta has made a commentary on what Paul wrote by the inspiration of the Spirit of God in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 7 to 11. I became a servant of the gospel, of this gospel, by the gift of God's grace, given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, hallelujah, the grace, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles what is to be preached to the Gentiles. The boundless riches of Christ. The limitless riches of Christ. And to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery. Which for ages past was kept hidden in God. Who created all things. His intent was that now, say now, everybody say now, that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known unto the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. This is a profound revelation. So God has a secret that he kept hidden for the centuries, for the thousands of years that human beings existed. That secret was Jesus. Hallelujah. And in the fullness of time, he made known that secret. And in unveiling that secret, he raised the people called the church, the body of Christ. To be given a responsibility. That responsibility is to manifest, is to dispense, is to administer the manifold wisdom of God. To principalities, to powers, to persons in authorities, in business places, in political institutions, in the judiciary, in all facets of human professionalism. God has a package through the instrumentation of the church to manifest the manifold wisdom of God. The wisdom of God in all its trajectories. The wisdom of God in all its uniqueness. The wisdom of God in all its beauty and splendor, in its richness, inexhaustibly. What the Lord is saying is about you. Haven't been given the manifold wisdom of God to manifest it, to mesmerize principalities and powers, to put right that which is wrong, to correct things and systems and structures and inventions that ought to serve the purpose of God. Wholeness, first of all, requires that you be reconciled to God through Jesus. That is the first step in wholeness. And having been reconciled to God through Jesus, in what we call in simple language, being born again. 
in the redemptive sacrifice of Jesus and being a partaker of what Jesus has done for you. By confessing him Lord and Savior and living every day in a dynamic personal relationship with Jesus. Would you come to the understanding that Jesus now lives in you manifesting his glory through you. And that you have become God's instrument for which God will bring to pass his desire. That God will no longer be seen walking through the streets as God. But you have become his representative. You've become his agent. And that in so becoming, you have to stay manifesting the wisdom of God in all its fullness. Secondly, having been reconciled, for you then to function in the accomplishment of the comprehensive plan of God, which is to reconcile the world unto God and the structures of the world and the systems of the world, the peoples of the world, to reconcile them unto God, but also to restore these human beings and human institutions and all of creation. Until Jesus comes. That is your mandate that God has given unto you. First of all, to be reconciled to God. Experience the redemptive work of Jesus. Become born again. You're a child of God. Secondly, for you to be an instrument to reconcile human beings and the world unto God. But also to restore human beings and the world unto God. To reconcile is different from to restore. To reconcile is first of all to bring the world to salvation. There is peace between the world and God. That is to reconcile. But beyond reconciliation is the restoration of the world. Because the world in a fallen state, in a state of brokenness, needs to be restored. And this restoration has to cut across all the facets of human existence. All the facets of the created order. This is a staggering implication that Paul is pointing out. That the church is more important in the healing of human brokenness. What is human brokenness? Human sinfulness in not being born again. That is the first indication of human brokenness. But beyond that sinful state is the fact of hunger, the fact of sickness, the fact of political corruption, the fact of economic injustice, and all kinds of expressions of human brokenness, including the suffering of creation, global warming, and all troubles you experience in life. 
reflecting human brokenness, matters of drug addictions, matters of suicides, matters of all kinds of wickedness, wars and rumors of wars among human beings. The fights among families, the fights among communities, the fights among colleagues, the racial prejudices, sexism, discriminations in all forms of expressions. All of these things are the reflections and manifestations of human brokenness. The church has got a great job to do. When we speak about the church, you may abstract it. And extract yourself from the mold. But this morning I'm emphasizing that you are the church. You are the body of Christ. Individually. Pulled together. We become a family of God's people. But we must recognize first of all. And take responsibility as individuals. And take responsibility corporately. Joint responsibility begins from the individual responsibility. Owning the responsibility. Saying I know this is my calling. I'm not to project to say A or B is going to do that. And because A or B will do that, that is good enough. It is not good enough until all hands have come on deck. It's not good enough until everyone has taken responsibility. It's not good enough until you have identified yourself and on this project and this divine calling that is upon you. Listen to me, friends. God will use governments. God will use courts of law. God will use medical institutions. All of these persons and professionals are doing a great job. But the most profound responsibility is on the shoulders of the body of Christ. The governments, no matter how well intentioned, will not be able to do the job. The courts of law will not be able to move very far. Why? Because the calling is not primarily theirs. The calling is primarily that of the church. And the church infiltrating these structures begin to sanitize these structures and begin to use these structures to fulfill divine agenda. So when you tell me politics is a dirty game, you don't want to be a part of it, you are disowning a space which God has called you to function in it. When you tell me that serving in the medical field is stressful, it will take nine years or ten years or how many years, you need to go make money quickly so you cannot endure the rigors and the struggles and the many bills that have to be paid, you are disowning a space which is critical in God's plan to bring to pass this desire. God is calling medical doctors that are not mere medical doctors but prophetic medical doctors moving into the medical space having healing hands anointed by the power of the Holy Ghost that when they enter those spaces they can descend the mind of God administer medication but in the sacred place intercede to break the yokes of oppression disease is not just a thing of the body alone it's a thing of the spirit as well Friends, God wants to raise economic prophets. Daniel was a political prophet. He was a prophet with a difference. That's why he was ten times better than the wise men of that empire. Ten times better. Why was he ten times better? Because he was an epitome, a reflection of what it means God's man to be in a space which God wants him or her to function. 
The world in which we live is beyond the capacity of men mortals. The world in which we live is in the realm of the spiritual festival. And it takes a spiritual awareness, a spiritual capacity, and a spiritual ability to step into that world. I want you this morning to unshackle yourself of religiosity and ignorance. You are representing a kingdom. And that kingdom depends on you. Demonic agents are functioning for the kingdom of darkness. There are some of your colleagues in your offices working for the kingdom of darkness. And you sit there, mopping in the air, complaining. You can't read your Bible. You don't know how to pray. The basis of prayers, you are not committed to the Lord. You take everything for granted. The devil's kingdom is fighting harder every day. And you are taking more leave and retreats and living in fear and waxing in ignorance. And speaking that which is vanity. When they complain, you join them to complain. You've got the solution. Stop complaining. You have got the solution, friends. Where you come from does not matter anymore. What you have become in Christ is what counts most. The grace of God is working through you, friends. And that you must take authority over that this morning. You must make a decision. Listen to me. We announced this morning that people should elbow each other or kick each other to shake hands. Shake legs instead of shake hands. It's not because we don't believe in the power of God. We are responsibly taking responsibility. But we know that beyond these actions, we will wage war against the powers that afflict us through the coronavirus. It is not mere talk. It is an actual and efficacious engagement. It's in a bold approach by faith. It is traveling on your knees, not coming out to speak empty words. We must be committed to holiness. We will not go to one side. And live the other. We will begin from the realms of the spirit. But we also live practically real to what we experience. We believe by faith. That we are covered with the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. But we also believe and understand. That responsible living hygienically. Is for us to wash our hands. Is for us to wash our hands for at least 5, 20 seconds. Wash our hands with soap. Thoroughly. Clean the tips of our fingernails. If our fingernails are overgrown, to trim them nicely. But if you want to grow them, grow them responsibly. To the holy, all things are holy. Friends, the point is this. That we walk by faith does not mean anybody you see in the street, you feel free to shake, to hug, and to kiss. That is irresponsible conduct. That is not faith living. It is not. I believe I will not be afflicted. But I believe I should keep hygiene as well. I believe I should not just, because I'm a son of God, begin to jump through mountains and say it is written, he will give his angels charge over you. Jesus would have done that. But he said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. This morning, friends, 
the charge the Lord is bringing to you is that you will address the problem spiritually. No matter what it is. That every professional you choose to function, you must first of all understand that you're functioning as a spiritual entity in that space. Representing a kingdom. That you are there, first of all, to reconcile. Number one, to do what? To reconcile. What does it mean? To bear witness for the saving grace of Jesus. That Jesus is the son of God. He is dead for the sins of the world. And that no one can be saved except through Jesus. By believing in him and accepting him as Lord and Savior. This is exclusively what the Bible reveals. Whatever you believe about the salvation of the world through reconciliation, through reincarnation as an African, or you believe that all roads are leading to the same place, the Bible debunks that claim. All roads do not lead to everywhere, to the same place. Only one road leads to God, and that road is Jesus. Only one. You want to sound politically correct? That is your problem. That is not to say because you say that you hate people. Genuine ecumenism, which is about respecting the faith of other people, is that you must express what your faith is. You don't need to give up what your faith is to be called ecumenical. It is in you showing what your faith is, holding to it tenaciously and lovingly expressing it, that brings you to the conversation of ecumenism in a genuine and profound way. I know about political correctness. I know the inclusive language you want us to use. But we have to function on the parameters of the word of God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. If he provided many other ways, he would have told us that. And when he never told us that, we cannot tell ourselves that. Do we walk in the streets talking down on people, abusing people and disrespecting them? No, we will not do that. We will love them, respect them, pray for them, share with them the gospel that they may be saved. Number one business you live for, whoever you are, whatever you do, is to be a reconciler of human beings and institutions unto God. As you yourself have been reconciled. Number two is to do restorative work. To restore these broken systems unto God. By what means? By healing them. By providing solutions. By providing solutions. Answers. To how these things should be. This is a huge responsibility of children of God. The church of Jesus. As a congregation. We must commit ourselves to the task of taking responsibility. You're a professor. You're a teacher. You're a caregiver. Every space you occupy. You walk in, the, in, in Wall Street. You're a business consultant. Whatever office you occupy, get into that space with an understanding that every day God provides an opportunity for you to reconcile people unto God. To reconcile structures unto God. Number two. That God gives you an opportunity every day. To be able to restore the structures. Restore people. 
What does it mean then to restore people? Is to respond to every human need. The hungry, the lonely, the strangers, the refugees, those that are broken, the sick, in mind and in body and in spirit. You are to get into the community to fix problems, find solutions. To the problems you find around you. Prayerfully depend on the Lord. To use you. You may have been hurt in trying to respond to human need. You may have been betrayed. You may have been disappointed. God has not yet exonerated you from that responsibility. You've got to depend on him. Rely on him. Every day of your life. To engage in the spaces. You will be called upon from time to time. To respond to human need. You are expected to engage in ideological reasoning and plannings, but also to sweat it out, giving your finances, giving your time, giving your resources, giving your intellect onto each of these endeavors. You are to work with each other, motivating each other, strengthening each other. The mothers are having a women's month, and we are marking celebrations. All the mothers should be supported. Mothers should think, women's, women, sorry, should think about what is it that is afflicting other women? And how can they respond to that need? Who is lonely in the community? Who is afflicted? Who is aged and lonely? Who is feeling unloved in the community? Who is crying? Who is mourning? How does that widow fare? How does that child without a mother fare? Women should not only look into their own needs, but look into the needs of the men. Hello, men. How are these men faring? Within the women's month, would you look at what are the challenges your husband is going through? What are the challenges of all the men in the church? How can they become better people? How can their brokenness be mended? Is there weakness that is trailing them and they cannot overcome it themselves? How can they be supported to become better people? Friends, I want you to take note of the fact that you have to move from soul to the whole person. You've got to move from the understanding of a brokenness and all those hearts to your own hearts as well. You've got to come to the place of understanding your calling to be multidimensional in spreading the gospel, reaching out to spiritual rebirth of individuals, bringing justice to economic systems, and ending the oppression of the poor. You must come to health care and fight disease tenaciously with the grace of God at work in your heart, in your body, in your life, but also depending on the Lord for inspiration, for inventions. We can invent as well. We can make discoveries as well. We have the brains to depend on the expression of the Spirit of God to lead us to more discoveries. We are to bring forth the stewardship of the earth. Also to keep the environment safe and secure, redeeming it from the oppressive tendencies of human carbon footprints. That must be addressed. We must come to sustainable sources of food supply and water. The food cannot be wasted anymore. That the food we eat, we should not just be dumping our trash cans with all kinds of food, 
tons and tons of food. We cannot do that. We have to live responsibly. Sharing the wealth God has given to us. That we in our neighborhoods will not live like other people. That when you say hi to the neighbor, they say, who are you? I don't know you, a stranger. I can't say hi to you. When I went into a space, I was new to that space in the neighborhood. I got a house there and I began to live there. And I woke up one morning, I saw a lady come out of the house and she was around smoking her cigarette. And I stood there and said, oh, good morning, sister. And she looks at me and turns her face. I said, well, I know how people like you are. One day you will look for me anyway. <laughs> it came to pass. Two months, three months, five months went by. And the lady's husband walked up to me and said, please, sir, I need your help. I want this tree to be cut off from my yard. And I cannot pass through into it. I must pass through your yard before I go. I said, praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> so today we are going to talk. You never want to greet me before. But now you want to pass through my yard. Supposing I say no, what are you going to do? He looked at me. I said, I can say no to you. Do you know that? Sometimes you engage, even though you are not going to do that, you engage the person. Let the person understand that he cannot live as an island in this world. I looked at her and said, I'm going to say no to you. And you are not going to go to it. So you are going to find another way. Maybe you break your house to go and cut your tree first. He said, please, sir, help me. I said, yes, brother, I'm going to help you. But next time when somebody moves to the neighborhood and greets you, greet the person. Human beings ought to talk to fellow human beings. I moved into one neighborhood in one other country with my family. And when we were there, this white sister, this is a black brother that I'm I've just talked about. This is a white sister now I want to talk about. And this white sister was living in an adjoining house. It's an estate with houses. Our house was next to our house. And we greet this lady, she won't answer. My wife greets her, she won't answer. I greet her, she won't answer. One day, she came. Have you seen my cat? Do you know my cat? I said, how can I know your cat when I don't know you and you don't know me? <laughs> Human beings are funny sometimes. Don't follow those narratives. Walk with precaution. Don't carry people in your car and drop people in your car indiscriminately. Depend on the wisdom of God. Don't open your doors to neighbors indiscriminately. Depend on the wisdom of God. But there are basics you should be able to share with other human beings. A greeting. I know the difference between a smile and showing me your teeth. You know, these days, people greet you and you think they are smiling at you. They are not. They are showing you their teeth. They are not smiling at all. So when you show me your teeth, I say, can you smile? I'm smiling back to you. Just, just short expressions. We jolt people. And make them to become sane in their hearts. Friends, the message this morning is simple. 
that we must be committed to wholeness. There must be a commitment. We cannot be passive anymore. Because the times have found us. Because God in his wisdom has found us. To bring reconciliation to human beings. To bring reconciliation between human beings and the structures of human existence, including institutions. To bring them back to God, to reconcile them to God. But we also are to restore human beings and institutions. By what we do and engage with them. To bring healing, to bring hope to them. To bring them to the place that they ought to be. We must come to that understanding. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. I want you to rise to your feet because I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you to be courageous. I want to pray for you to be strong. I want to pray for you to receive divine inspiration. That you will be open to the prompting of the spirit of the living God. That you will not discount your importance anymore. But you factor in your importance. Because for the church to be effective, as I've spoken about today, you must understand who you are. And you must understand what you've got. And you must know the scope of your responsibilities. And to step in there with boldness. To do what the Lord has called you to do. You must make a mark in this world in which you're living. You are not to tiptoe through the surface of the earth. You are to walk with boldness. You are to speak up. You are to walk. You are to labor. You are to make decrees. You are to enforce the dictates of the kingdom. God depends on you. Stop saying to the Lord, oh Lord, heal the land. The Lord is healing the land. Through vessels that have made themselves available to God. You have got to make yourself available to God to bring healing to the land through you. God will never walk in the streets today to heal the land. God has got to pass through you to heal the land. It must begin from us. How do you treat your brother in this place? How do you look at each other? When one is not in charge, will you check on him? Will you check on her? May not be your conversation partner. You may not know nobody's name in this place. You just come in and shovel up. Clinically, you've got to know one another. We may not be hugging in this season because the Bible says there's a time to hug and a time to refrain from hugging. So we've come to that time of refraining from hugging. Hallelujah. So enjoy it, people of God. But let's know our names. Let's smile at each other. Coronavirus cannot be spread by a smile. Hallelujah. Let's uphold each other in the toll for the master. The Lord depends on us, friends. The world is waiting for us. And we cannot fail anymore. Fall afresh on me. Spirit of the living God fall afresh on me Spirit of 
fresh on me. Break me, mold me, fill me. Use me, Lord. lift up your people to your throne of grace. Please spread out your hands, saints of God, before the Lord. Behold, these hands that are spread out. These hands are to rebuild ancient ruins. These hands are to be laid upon the sick. Who will recover? These hands are to bring hope, a touch that will make a difference. These hands, mighty God, are to build up political economic structures, to build up social systems that will be humane, that will be restorative unto the brokenness of human beings. Father, we want to rebuild this space in which we belong together. That we can trust each other again. That these hands will not be used to hit on each other down, but to uphold one another. To walk on the path of righteousness. Let these eyes not see that which is evil. But let them see that which is good in one another. Let these mouths build, edify, restore, motivate, encourage. May these mouths speak that which will heal in the midst of the people of God. Loving Father. Let our minds contemplate on the uniqueness of one another and how we are blessed to have each other in our lives. To labor together and understand that the field is so white that the labor will overwhelm anyone that is alone. Cause that in our varied gifting, we may pull the resources together to serve the king and to serve his creation. Blessed Holy Spirit, we open our hearts unto you. Move us when we should say yes. Move us when we should say no. Constrain us when we are running too fast and putting away risk and we'll be trapped somewhere. Preserve us from those that will seek to take advantage of us. We walk in a terrible world, but we have a great God. Father, we bless you. Heal everyone that is in this place that is afflicted. Give hope to everyone. We thank you because you've answered. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen.